we go. Hello, United Podcast Experience listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the United Podcast Experience. Today on the line, we have Young Cole, a hot and upcoming rapper, musician, producer. Let's say jack of all trades kind of man. He's originally uh-huh. from Georgia, and now he lives in Louisiana. But without further ado, Young Cole introduce himself and tell you who he's about a little bit. Thank you for that introduction, man. So, yeah, um, my name is Young Cole. I'm from Generate, Louisiana, small city, Generate, Louisiana. Uh, I lived in Cobb County, uh, Georgia, before moving. Take care of my great grandmother who had Alzheimer's. Uh, and yeah, that's a little bit about me. Awesome, man. We're definitely dive into the story. So, you started off in Georgia. Tell me what it was like growing up in Georgia and just that lifestyle. Yeah, the crazy part about Georgia, we moved. Um, we moved to Louisiana in two thousand and eight. Um, Georgia is really Georgia is a is just a great collective state, you know. The I I remember when I first moved to Louisiana, I really hated my growing up for moving us here because it's it was really different. It's vastly different. The people in Georgia are more are more open open to helping everybody. Everybody is willing to help another person get that leg up. Um, whereas here, it's more of a competition, and a lot of businesses and musicians suffer from that because they can't. A lot of people can't compete with each other. Whereas in Georgia, everybody was helping each other. There was. There wasn't a lot of uh, rival rivalry type of thing going on, so that's one thing I I do miss about Georgia, uh, that helping hand type thing. More of that culture, I got you, I got you. Yeah. Right. And so, what was like the uh, music culture like out there in Georgia when you started? Now, see, when I was there, it was a long time ago when I was little. So I remember uh, Migos and K Camp; those were two artists that I remember that were like just now starting to get going. And I remember people were saying that they didn't really like Migos. They didn't. They didn't like the sound. They were like, "What is this? This this crap? What is this? Shit, this stuff?" You know. And then fast forward to when I moved to Louisiana in 2008, and then the, the following year, 2009, uh, I think Migos dropped. Um, damn, what's the name? I think they dropped uh, Versace. I think it was, and then they blew up. And then K Camp had a, a couple of hit singles too. So that was really exciting to see. But the music culture was just like it's just like the normal culture. Everybody's willing to help everybody. Every, that's why you see a lot of a lot of songs getting made and people going to Georgia, going to Atlanta to um, kickstart their careers because that's that's the place where you thrive. You thrive in Atlanta musically. Right, right. Atlanta is a major hub for, for not only just the world, but just for the city of music, right? It's right. Music, music and businesses alike, you know, music and business, both of them. So now you trans now you transition into more of the Louisiana. Now what's the culture like down there in Louisiana? So boom, I get here to the to here. It's like a culture. It was a big culture shock because here, like as of right now, and when I moved here, uh, Louisiana was number one on the uh, list of um, of murder murder rate. It was number one. The state was number one. It's number one again this year. So when I got here, that I, I noticed the culture was you know it was a lot of glorifying killings. You know, it actually was right during the time of that Chicago, the big Chicago thing, too. So when I got here, that was kind of, you know, that was kind of odd for me to see that. But the longer I stayed here, I realized that the people here, they also just, well, not the people, but the younger people, they, like, enveloped that. They embraced it and tried to turn it into something positive. It was really weird. But there's more of a, um, the uh, Southern hospitality thing is really alive out here more so than in Georgia. That's for sure, because... I've seen people give their last to other people, to strangers, actually. I've seen that a lot uh, while it, I was, since I've been here. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm sure the South has a little bit different, interesting culture. For, so for anyone who's listening that may not know about the South or just know about this portion of the country, 
tell me a little bit about some of the experiences you uh you were like as far as like the transition as far as um not music related just when you first came was it a culture shock uh, well, the first the first culture shock for me was the food, but that was in a positive. That was in a positive light. When I first moved right. to Louisiana, you know, the first thing I had was jambalaya, and that's still to this day that's my favorite meal here. So the right. food, um, the life lifestyle here is a lot slower than where I was in Georgia. That's another thing. It took me a while to get used to. People are, you know, they take their time their time to get what they want. You know, versus when I was in Georgia, everything was like everything was on a fast pace. Uh, type of thing like you have to get out you have to go we got to go 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 and when I first got here I felt like that kind of made me like you know a little slower because like people still people will still get what they need out here and get what they want but I feel like it's a, a lot slower process versus when I was in Georgia you know everybody there were more hustlers and stuff out there you know right, right. people with bigger dreams that's more type of thing you know so no that's but yeah cool, definitely man. the food definitely the food you know the food and then that that was like two of the biggest, the biggest things. Oh, and then the accents, of course. People talk a lot faster out here, so that was like a thing for me. No, I got you. I got you. Now it, it sounds like it's uh, it's all a work in progress, right? There's nothing, nothing's gonna be smooth. But when you finally got used to it, and you finally settled down, you embrace yeah. it more. Yeah. About about uh, three or four years. Um, I probably really fully embraced it by the time I got to like tenth grade, maybe. To be honest with you, because I was still upset about the whole right. thing. We. My grandmother didn't tell us tell me that we were leaving. I just came home and everything was packed up and it's like <laughs> leaving. Like, damn, that was crazy. Yeah, we'll we'll talk definitely about your grandma in a bit. But what now we'll transition into music. What what was your first uh, moment, event that really led you to saying, I'm gonna be a musician in the music game when you were younger? Um well when I was in middle school, I um I wrote a lot of poetry. That was my right. thing. I, I was a poet. So I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I didn't really think about. I'm gonna tell you, how, it's crazy how I got into music, though. So I've been writing poetry. I entered a poetry poetry contest. I placed in a lot of poetry contests in school. I yeah. transitioned to high school. I was a I was just a good writer. Um, a good writer. Me and my English teachers were always really really cool and we clicked together. Um, I entered a poetry contest, a state poetry contest, and I placed uh in top three. And then I got selected to read my poem at a national college um, convention. So that was cool. So then I transferred like my senior year. I was still writing poetry. I kind of slacked up off of it a little bit. My right. first year of college, I attended college at the uh, University of Louisiana at Lafayette, uh, here in Lafayette, Louisiana. And I started dating uh, this girl who I'm now married to. Um, so I was dating her and she had an ex. And he was he was trying, he was dissing her through music, and I huh. she was really upset about it. And I was like, huh? I've been writing poetry since middle school. I was like, how how different how different can it be write a song? So I made a diss and we recorded it. This was in 2015, actually 2015. So we recorded. I got some of my friends to record me, and that's how I got started into music. I did the diss. A lot of people liked it, and I was like, you know what? I to, uh, poetry and distance. Interesting. Talking to yes. So so that's what happened. So he dissed me and my soon to be fiance. You know. So I responded back with music because I told myself that it couldn't be that hard. And honestly, it, it really wasn't for me. I made a short diss. Um, now I never actually truly recorded it. What I did is I just wrote it and I had some of uh, my friends film me, um, film me uh, rapping the diss on top of a parking tower on campus. So after that, I really got a good feeling after that, you know. Um, after that happened, people 
I got a little bit of recognition for it, and that felt good, and that made me want to continue because because after that, after that, I uh, had thought about you know doing music. I had always been surrounded with music growing up. Um, my family, my family, I had a, I belonged to a family of uh, Christian gospel singers, you know. So I hadn't really gotten into the the church singing thing, but I knew that it was there for me, you know, if I wanted to. So. So that was it was real interesting that I got started. That is very interesting. It sounds like you kind of had a chance meeting in a sense, right? You you were just a poem, poetry guy, and then you turned into yeah. your your now married wife, and now right. boom, you, and you found a distracted her her uh, her ex didn't like, and right. you just responded back. So that's cool because it's it's, it's those chance meetings that you turn into passion. Sure. Right, that's true. Uh, so you mentioned poetry and rap. Uh, what now that you've kind of gained some experience do you, do you still uh have those moments where you feel like poems are, are you can play your poetry strength into your rap game or vice versa yeah, yeah. obviously i'm gonna get into that so after the this thing happened i actually joined the military i joined the army in uh 2015 also so i got um went to basic training i was still writing poems back and forth to my um we were engaged at that time and then we got married before i went to basic training so after that happened, I was got stationed in Fort Riley, Kansas. This is where I recorded my first, my very first song, um, and that was in 2016. So uh, I brought my little brother with me for the summer to Kansas, to Fort Riley, Kansas, because I didn't want him to get in trouble down here. So me and my brother are also really involved in, in music now also. So we were just there the summer, and I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know if you've ever been to Kansas, but there's really not a lot to do there. <laughs> it's not... There's not a lot to do. So we just sat in the house and we started writing. And me and him, we were able to write a lot of songs at a pretty rapid pace. Um, so then I went on to Google Maps and looked for a studio. And I was like, if you want to be serious about this, then we can do it. And I was, I had a writer's block. And whenever I would get writer's block, and still to this day, I would write a poem. And it kind of helps clear my mind. So we went to the studio. We went to the studio, uh, met up with this guy. Uh, he called himself Ape. Um, and then from there, from there, I recorded, we recorded the first, uh, first song. Now, I'm not gonna lie, it, can't, it didn't come out, it didn't come out as well as I had wanted it to, but, you know, we went ahead and did it. And from there, we kept going back to him and, uh, recording from there. Very interesting, man. It sounds like you just had that, uh, adapt when you're not feeling it. In a poem. It gets you that Right. Yeah, that's interesting technique. Yeah, because uh, no, all the time, it doesn't work all the time. Um, and sometimes I kind of slack off of it, to be honest. But it, if I ever need it, you know, I can go back to, to that so was, Yeah, I was going to say, what was, what was it like uh, balancing your schedule with the military and then uh, recording? Hard. Was that? <laughs> it was very hard because we weren't, we weren't, I'm going to be honest with you, I felt like a prisoner uh, there. And the music thing at that point, it was like my only means of escape at that time so there wasn't a lot of time to go and record and do all of that interesting right, she got everything in her back right. yeah there wasn't a lot of uh there wasn't a lot of time there wasn't a lot of time to do that so honestly i had maybe about three hours out of the, three hours out of the day to try and record and then try to balance balance a marriage and be a father all at the same time 
And it was really, it was really hard. You know, it still is hard right now to this day. It's still hard trying to juggle that. So my sergeants, they figured out that I was going to record music and they were trying to stop me because um, my job in the military was to repair weapons. I serviced and repaired weapons and they needed me for longer hours. And I was like, no, I want to go and record music because this, it was the only thing that made me feel like a, a normal person at the time, like a civilian at the time, kind of, Right. you know, so they tried to stop me. I got in trouble lots of times to record songs. I got punished lots of times, but I felt that it was, you know, worth it in the end. So I continue to maintain to do that, to try and get better. And that's the thing. The only reason, honestly, the only reason I kept doing it was because each song I recorded, I felt I was getting better. Huh. The uh, longer I was in the studio, I got more, I got more comfortable. So I just kept on recording. So growth funds, so you kept continuing to grow and, and right. That's smart. Hold, uh, holding it on your craft. The more you hone in on your craft, the more you get experience, the more you can yeah, leverage that. That's for sure. Right. I feel like a lot of people don't do that nowadays. And this was in 2016. It's tw- fast forward. It's 2019 now. I have some pretty hot songs out now. You know, I just I just recently uh, accumulated over 15,000 streams on that guy. So, yeah, I was saying a lot of people do not try to hone their craft. Okay. Because, you know, it takes time. And honestly... This this whole time frame for me right now, we're just in 2016 on what I'm speaking on right now. Was when I first started recording. It's 2019 right now, so I recorded and did this for for years, you know, um, trying to perfect my craft. And the only reason I did that is because since I was in the army, I did, I like I like putting out things. If I if I ever put out anything that's gonna have my name on it, it has to be top quality. Or it has to be the best quality. Or I just won't put it out, you know. Yeah, you focus more on the quality than the uh, quantity, right? That's that's important because the the lasting impact is the the words, the the rhyme schemes, the the art of expression, rather than hey, I got fifty songs out in X amount of downloads. That's right. right. There was a time where that was a thing where that was popular, but that time is is slowly coming to an end, you know. And I always thought that quality was better than than the quantity. Um, the first song that I really feel I realized that. Um, music might be a thing for me was the last song I created while I was in Kansas before I uh, before I got out of the military into my contract and that song was called Calypso um, up until that time I had been emailing my songs to uh, multiple record labels trying to just get a feel for what the what I needed to be doing to try to get noticed which was a thing I wanted to do was to get noticed and they told me a, a guy told me really harshly he's like man you need to find a sound right now you don't sound like anything you know that kind of hurt me a little bit but i just took it with a grain of salt and i created a song called calypso right before right. kansas and it was more of a singing r&b type of song and then i realized that was going to be my sound and that was my that was going to be my genre i had no genre up until that point you know i was just doing whatever you know that's interesting, man. Uh, and what is Clipso about, if I don't mind asking? What, what's the, like, the whole vibe about that? Well, Clipso, um, <laughs> I'm being real transparent with you here, man. Uh, me and my wife were having some problems, you know, while we were in Kansas. It was the military life is really hard on couples and relationships in general. Right. And I had met this girl. Uh, I had met this girl named uh, Briante, uh, Bree, and... She had started inviting me to the club and things like this, you know. I hadn't told my wife at the time, you know. I was just feeling kind of iced out at home. Um, so me and her became, we, like, became friends, you know. My wife was kind of wary of it, and as she should have been. Um, right. 
So I nicknamed the girl uh, Calypso. I nicknamed her Calypso after uh, uh, after Greek mythology. I'm really big into Greek mythology. So um, now me and her hung out for like the whole year that I was in in Kansas, a year and so. Um, and she took me to a strip club. It was my first time going to a strip club. She took me to a strip club. Um, and I don't know. I feel like a I feel like a deeper connection to her after that day, for some reason. And I wrote this song about her. The song is about her. Um, the song goes, Shawty, why you so damn broken? I see that look inside your eyes. I can tell you living lies. So basically, when, while I was with her the whole time, like, we stayed friends and stuff. But I saw that she was broken on the inside as a person. You know, people had lied to her constantly, let her down. Her life wasn't going in the path and, you know, the way, the way that she wanted her life to go. The best song I ever wrote at that time, and it was easy because it was real. You know, I'm a real experience, and I was, that was my first time being able to do that. Um, I showed her the song, she liked it, and then I, I went ahead and put it out. And then I realized that was my genre the alternate RB type. Anything with singing, I, I was able to sing a little bit. Like I told you, I came from a family of uh, gospel singers, so I'm able to hold a tune, and I went ahead and did that. Interesting. That that is an interesting. It sounds like you used the hardship, right? And not the hardship, just the the misconstruement of, hey, I, I know I'm isolated and iced up in Kansas. You know, maybe made some in, interesting decisions, but yet used that as motivation to to get further along. Interesting. Right, right. And it was very, it was a hard time for me. Um, that was a, like a really hard time for me. Um, that that whole year, you know, trying to balance everything, which I failed at. Uh, really tough times, but that song was really emotional for me, and it was really easy to create. Like I said, yeah, you know, it's 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 hard, man. It wasn't at the end of the day, no matter where you're traveling or you're trying to find a prosper prosperous new adventure, it's going to be a challenge. But you, you do what you overcame that, which is incredible. So now, flash forward a little bit to 2019, almost 2020. Uh, what's your what are some things now? I know you just posted your latest album. Uh, or lay the song Skylar Diggins, and then you had some other things going on you wanted to share, right? Yeah, let me get into that. I like this little timeline thing we're doing. So, um, you. if you don't mind, um, yeah, go for it. Go for so like after after that happened, that was the Calypso was twenty sixteen. I moved back to Louisiana, and then when I moved back to Louisiana, I had an epiphany. I told myself that this music thing can possibly be for, be for me. I can possibly do something with it. Now, before then, I had confidence issues. But after I made Calypso, Calypso boosted my confidence. People really loved it. I love the sound. So I get to Louisiana. I told my wife, like, yo, um, I had a part. I had gotten a part-time job after that just so I can go and record. And I told her, like, I'm really focused on this. I feel like I can capitalize off of this and make money. I love doing this. I'm really passionate about this. She was also right. The only reason I'm – one thing I want to say right now, the only reason I'm able to do this right now is because of the support of my daughters and wife. That's it. Without them, I would not be able to do any of this. But I have their, I've always had their continuous 100% support, you know. They've always gotcha. gone down for me. So that I found this cool beat on uh, YouTube. Uh, I went ahead and purchased it. I showed it to my little brother. Uh, he enjoyed it. And I, it sounded like, it just sounded like Atlanta, you know. It had some up-tempo up snares. And I had wanted to, you know, try to create uh, that type of sound because I wanted to feel like I could get back in touch with where I was from. So, uh, now I'm not gonna lie. It took me maybe a week to write that song. I had writer's block because I wanted it to be perfect. I was like, I need to show people that I can do other things besides sing, and I love rap. You know what I'm saying? I love 
I love rap. My favorite artist uh, is probably Young Thug and J. Cole, you know. And right. that song was very uh, Young Thug inspired. Um, so I wanted, I was going for that sound. But at the same time, I wanted, it was at that point in my, at this point in my career where I need a big song, you know, I need a really big song also. So that's why it probably took me a week to create it. Um, honestly, it took me a week to just come up with the chorus because I was like, I need something that's going to catch people's attention. I need something repetitive. I need, I need the little pump type thing, you know, and then I'll come in with the verses. So I was at my friend's dorm back on campus. His name is Devin. He's also an artist. He's a singer. Uh, shout oh. out Devin. Shout out Devin Buchanan. And I was playing the beat for him. And I was like, you know what, man? I think I'm just going to go ahead with the whole Atlanta type shit and say you did on the whole track. And he was like, nah, man, nah, man. You don't need to do that. And I was like, nah. And it, it, it fit perfectly. Now, I was at the dorm and Devin's roommate, uh, they're all music majors. So he brought in his trumpet and we started playing with the trumpet while the beat was playing. And then I came up with the hook with the hook for the song. And at the time, I was like, this doesn't feel like me, but I know that other people will like this. And then from there, um, from there, I went ahead and wrote the verses. Now, I had a, a, long, a friend um, from Generate, Louisiana, where I lived at, and I wanted him to hop on a song to add some more grit to it, you know, some more, some more of that type of stuff to the song. But he wasn't able to make it to the studio, so I called my little brother, Dylan. Shout out my little bro, D. Um... And I told him, like, look, man, uh, Glizzy didn't come to the studio, so, look, I need you to pop out, and I need you to come and try and lay down a verse on this. Man, my little brother came through, and he freestyled a verse. It took him one take, no stops, no punch-ins, and he laid out a verse, and it was great. And then from there, we just kept marveling and listening to the song over and over after we got it recorded and mixed. Uh, Shout-out NJ for the mixing on at uh, Dream Studio. So it was great, man. We we loved this song. We really, we were really, we were really fucking with the song, you know. And then after that, it was just up to me to put it out. Um, so I I put it out on the wrong at a bad time. This is another thing I want to talk about. Um, yeah, go for it. For it doesn't matter if you're a small artist or a big artist. You need to know when to put out your music and who you're trying to target with that music. I put out that song at the time where a whole bunch of bigger artists were dropping singles and albums, and that was a no go. People were not paying attention to my song, and I was mad because I'm like, man, this is this a hot ass song. Why is nobody paying attention to it? Then I, that's when I realized, like, it doesn't matter if you're a little independent artist. Like, I just put myself in my own shoes, you know. If my little brother or somebody, some smaller artist, were to drop a song at the same time, one of my favorite artists, like Young Thug or J. Cole, dropped a song, you know, I'm sorry, but I'm going to listen to my artist first, and I might not even get to that person. So I had to rethink and, you know, rethink that way, and then I put out the song a month later, and then it started it started trending and doing a little better. Um, and a lot of people liked it, you know. Very interesting. No, I guess we'll start with just how you created, right? You had your bro come in, spit some bars, one take, right? And it was it was good. That's interesting because most people say, "Well, I need 10, 20, 30 takes," but just one take, hot take, and then you know you got it out. You had uh, your boys from the music major, and had played with the trumpet and all that. So, like during that that process, what are some things you learned? We'll talk a little bit about posting the strategy in a second, but. What are, what are some things you learned during that process making it? Was it hard? Was it a challenge? What, what are some feelings you were feeling? Hard, the hardest part was my myself. I was in a way of myself because I wanted this song to be the song, you know? Right. I have another song called Your Love. I'll go ahead and play them uh, for you in a second. But yeah, that'd wanted, be great. I wanted something else. I wanted to be known for something else. I wanted to rap. That's what I wanted to do. 
So that's why it took so long. Also, the hook, it took a really long song time. Um, the hook goes, pop at your brain, you dig, you dig, you dig, you dig. My bit low is laying, you dig, you dig, you dig, you dig. Pop me a zan, you dig, you dig, you dig, you dig. Now, I'm Superman, you dig, you dig, you dig, you dig. Now, it was simple words, but it was just energy was the biggest the biggest component for the song. Like, it was energy. I'm not going to lie. Like, when I first went into the studio, I was nervous because the other artists did not show up, and I did not have, I did not have another verse ready to go. And I'm not the best freestyler in the world. I'm really not. It is how I make my songs. I do freestyle them. But I take a day or two and write those down, write down my words on paper. Now, my brother is better. He's a better rapper than me. And since he came in and did that, I was able to feed off his energy. And then I was, and I would go from there. So I'm going to go ahead and play a little bit of the song real quick, if you don't mind. Take your time, boss. No worries. All right. I'll go ahead and play a little bit of this. That's pretty good, man. First verse, but it was it was it was just really um it was a good breaking point for me in my career that song because that also gave me even more confidence. Um, I sent that song to an A and R who worked for um, Virginia is Cool, right? Um, which is a small independent label who is partnered with uh, Universal Music Group. So I sent it to him. His name is Dontavious Lewis. Shout out Dontavious Lewis and shout out Virginia's Cool Music. Uh, Dontavious is a uh, manager for Troy Ave, a popular rapper in New York. He's his uh, tour manager. So I sent it to Dontavious. Um, this is like maybe a few weeks after the song was already out. Uh, he enjoyed the song. He enjoyed my top song, which is called Your Love. It's more of a singing song. And then he said, you know, you have some potential. And I was like, I'm, I'm just really looking for searching around, grasping for somebody else to be able to believe in me and to be able to support me and back me so that I can get to the next level. And that's what I'm focusing on going going into 2020 uh, is getting to that next level and trying to make more money from off of my music. Um, so he went ahead and sent me a distribution deal. I went ahead and signed it. Uh, basically 10% of everything I made went to them, and they were going to help me by promoting and play, playlisting my music in order to get me a bigger deal by this time next year. Um, so that was really, I was really grateful for that. That also gave me more confidence to be able to go harder in what I'm doing and creating music. Um, so right after that happened, one of my, uh, there's a guy from Abbeville, Louisiana. Um, he had recently gotten signed 
um, by this millionaire guy from uh, California. It was really crazy. And I'm, I'm, I'm also one of those types of people that I'm also grateful to anybody that's around me that does what I that I, what I do, and they're able to make it out and be able to make something out of themselves. You know, there's a lot of people that are dying right. people and hate, hate on somebody, and I see no reason to because if somebody else makes it, regardless of how long they've been doing it, basically you just use that as a motivation instead of uh, a deterrent to hate on them. And I just use that as motivation. Same as Onside Dita. Big shout out to Onside Dita and the OSR records. Um, and see, that's another thing. When somebody else is able to make a move and make a play, then in turn you can – you can uh, that person can make a way or a path for you that you might not have been able to access. You know, that's what a lot of people need to start. A lot of people need to change that mindset. Uh, you know, so me and him just had a conversation actually yesterday. He just got his big deal. Um, he went ahead and signed one of his homeboys. He gave him a 25k event, and I hit him up and told him, you know, if you need a if you ever have spots for an R&B artist, you know, me and him had a good talk, so that went well. Um, but as of now, I'm just really focusing on myself. Um, I have a mixtape that I'm creating, which is basically going to be a whole bunch of remixes, and it's going to be called Face of My Demons. I'm currently working on that. I'm almost done uh, with that. I'm going to be dropping that this uh, possibly early next, next month. And after that, all my focus is going to be shifting towards my debut album, which is called Serenity Notes. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what we got coming up, Serenity Notes. So that, that basically, yeah, that's the timeline, right? Yeah, okay, so that's great, man. Now you, you touched on a lot of key points there. So I guess I'll go back to what I was reiterating before. Uh, as an artist, what are some things you learned from that experience of the posting of that uh, Skylar Diggins song? Did you learn anything in particular uh, other than just the fact that you shouldn't post when your main artists are posting? Or what would you give advice to anyone trying to, you know, start in the music game and posting schedule-wise? Advice I would give? Yep. For- Producers and artists. Man, I met the most down to earth guy on Instagram. His name is Bunquest. Big shout out to Bunquest. None of this would be possible. Me and Bunquest together, we're working on the Serenity Venos album. Uh, I met Bunquest on Instagram. I don't even remember how. And the coolest thing about Bunquest is he sent me a beat. He didn't charge me. Right from right there, I knew that we would be able to, and it was a great, a great quality beat. Um, great quality song. And I did a kind of alternative alternative type of pop song to it. Man, and then right right from there I knew that Bunquest and I would be working together forever. So yeah, I mean, you know, for a really long time. And that he would be my producer and once I got signed, I'm making sure that he gets signed also to put bread and to put money on his table to feed his family as well. Um Bunquest is from Massachusetts. Um he's in high school now. So that's another thing. That's something I would give advice on. Man, link up with a producer, upcoming producer, somebody that gets you, somebody on the same wavelength as you, and just work, work, and work, and work. The money thing does not have to be involved. Man, I told Bunquez, the money thing is going to come. And the crazy thing is, the money I get from my streams, I just split it with Bunquez. I'm waiting for the check for that next month. I'm just going to split it with him. Um, That's really really the biggest thing because... um, me versus before that, I was just trying to scour YouTube for beats, and you know it didn't always work out the way I wanted to. Um, it really never worked out the way I wanted it to, honestly, until I met Bunquez and we were able to work. And right now, he's creating the beats that I'm going to be using on the Serenity Notes album, which I really want to be really big. So I've been taking a lot of time to work on that album. 
Um, as far as the internet thing, I'm still learning that myself. Um, that's something I need to get better on heading into the next year. It's how to uh, how to make more of a presence on social media. Um, I'm not sure how to figure that out yet, but I know I know I'll get it eventually. Yeah, man. No, it, like I said, marketing and all that 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 takes it takes practice. But if you just really stick to your core and uh, just post you, right? Post albums, post what you got to do. It'll naturally evolve, but that's great, man. You sound, it sounds like you already have a nice business collaboration and, and networking. You mentioned networking. It's important in this day and age to find that mentor. It definitely is. That's another thing I want to talk about, too, real quick. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Take money. It takes money, man. There's a lot of scammers out there. I'm going to be honest with you. There's a lot of scammers out there. You have to be wary of the scammers. I did not scam five or six times, you know, but I just bounced back stronger. I understand people can't really afford to lose money. But do notice that it will take money. Um, there's a couple companies that I'm going to be spending money with for promotion-wise uh, this coming year also. But you have to you have to spend money. I just recently got a new job last week as a um, as a armored car driver. I really want to transition into being an artist 24/7, but I can't do that yet because, until I get to that point. You know, right. and that's a lot of another thing a lot of people don't know. You can you only see what people put on on, on social media. Some people sell drugs to fund their music. Some people work jobs. I'm not a drug dealer. I got a family. I make more money doing an honest living. I make I'm gonna make eighteen dollars an hour at this job, and I'm gonna use that to get myself to the next level to start making bigger money with my music, something I love doing. So you have to put in money. You have to put in time. You have to network. Um, I know that's really cliche right now nowadays. You have to network. You have to network. But it's true. Um, you can't just pop up to somebody and hey man send them their link, and then be like, check me out. Like, it doesn't work that way anymore. You have to be sincere with your words. Your words all count. You have to be sincere with your words. Um, just as if somebody was sending something to you for them to check out, you know, you have to be um, you have to be wary of that. And then another thing, networking takes time. It's not going to, it's not going to happen overnight. Nothing happens overnight, really, actually. Nothing does. So, so thank yeah, man. Yeah, man, it takes time, right? It's a, it's a process. It's a long, drawn-out process. It's not going to, you know, magically happen. But you mentioned a great point, right, about networking. Find find honest, meaningful, you know, not just send me to pop out the link. Give right. me, uh, Nobody pop likes out, that, man. Nobody yeah, no. likes that. That's annoying. If you pop out the link, here, the reason why I'm popping out the link, because you now back you gotta, it up. You got to come yeah. with that sentence first. You should always come with a sincere sentence, then go yeah. ahead and send the link. Man, exactly. there's so many people that have been sending me links. I'm like, I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, I'm not even, least, I'm not even looking at that. I'm deleting that. If you don't send me something for me to read and then send me the link to make me even want to click on your link, that's the thing. Make me want to click on your link. Maybe want to even listen exactly. to you. Exactly. Because it takes time to do that, and some people don't have the time or don't want to have the time. So, I mean, yeah, man, it's important. Like that's the, that's that's what that's what a lot of people fall into the trap, right? Music is yeah. music. Music's fun, right? But it's also a business, and, and I guess we have something yeah. we can talk about. What What are some things you learned from when you started to now about the uh, the business side of music that you've grown into? Well, what I learned about business wise, uh, well, before I didn't know about um, I didn't know about royalties. I didn't know about. It's a lot of things, little things, mixing and mastering. It's a lot of terminology that I didn't know about either, but I feel like that just comes with the uh, 
territory as long as the more you do it, you hear these words, you don't know you ask them what they never be afraid to ask what something means. Um I didn't know about distributing and how to even start making money. Right now I'm using DistroKid to distribute my music. I'm transitioning into using United Masters. Shout out to United Masters. They have a great program set up. Everybody should go ahead and get that if you make music. It's really easy for you to be able to distribute and put out your music to all streaming services with a few a few clicks of a button on your phone. Um, let's see what else. As far as purchasing beats, um, there's a lot of YouTubers that will put out free beats, but you can sell those, they sell that same beat to thousands of artists. Whenever you're really serious about a song, you really think that song will make news and make money for you, you have to go ahead and buy the exclusive or try to work out a deal with that said producer. Um, that happened to me a lot of times. There was a song I made that I wanted to get on the radio. Uh, the Cal- Calypso, actually, matter of fact, Calypso, and I hadn't purchased the exclusives to the beat, so I couldn't get it on the radio. And radio is still somewhat important in the music uh, industry right now. You know, it's a way for an independent artist to get heard also. Um, so I had to learn my lesson the hard way, and I couldn't get on the radio at that time. You write music. Music is a business, you know. It is a, a business. And if you if you want to get serious, you have to realize that it is a business. You know, as you said before, it is fun. It is fun. Music is fun. It can be fun. And sometimes when you get too far into the business aspect, it takes the fun out of it. But that's what you signed up for. And if it's not what you signed up for, then you just have to gracefully back out, you know. Right, and balance, right? You don't have to make it one way or the other. Just make it balance. Do a little bit of business networking. Have a little fun on the side writing and recording, and then enjoy it, right? Enjoy enjoy the grind. Enjoy the process. It's going to be long. It's going to be hard, but it's worth it in the end if you make it happen, for sure. Great point. Enjoy the process. I was really depressed for a time because I couldn't get out as much music as I wanted to, but now I've learned to enjoy the process. And actually, the most enjoyable process, the most enjoyable part of the process, to me, which should probably still be that, be that way years from now, is whenever Bunquet sends me a beat, and I first, right. I first hear those first 30 to 20 seconds of a beat, I fall in love or not fall in love with the beat, and I go ahead and make a chorus right then and there. That's like my favorite part of all of this, being able to turn nothing into something and then cultivate it and turn it into something bigger and then put it out to the masses. That's like the best part of it for me, then actually go and record that in the studio. But that's the best part, you know. That's really exhilarating for me to be able to do that. I love that. Right, it gets it gets you that it gets the juices flowing, man. It gets the uh, the vibe going. It doesn't it doesn't mean you're constrained. You're more you're more open and more. Uh, I guess time free. You get your time freedom too. You get your time freedom back. Yeah. I said there are different ways and different routes to everybody. Man. I got this distribution deal, but that means nothing to me. It means nothing because right. it's not what I want. Not what I want. I'm not a materialistic person. There are a few things that I do want in life before I leave this earth. One of them is to be able to get a major music, um, a major contract. And it's also for motivation purposes for people behind me to be able to see that, man, look, young Cole did that. He started off as this little person in 2015, and then he grinded and grinded and grinded, and eventually he never gave up. I wanted to give up, but I didn't. And he got what he wanted. There's different paths for everybody, man. Some people's path is going to be the Internet. Obviously, posted things on Instagram. Some people know people. They can send those things to other people, and those people can use that to get them bigger. Some people have connections. Others don't, you know. Some people have to work harder than others. Some people have money and others don't, you know. There's a lot of there's a lot of different ways to to go about doing things. And I know some people, you will see somebody certain way on, YouTube, on Instagram 
or on social media and you'll be like, damn, man, I wish I could do that. And sometimes that can be really discouraging. That can be really discouraging to a person, you know. That happened to me. I was um I was seeing lots of other lots of other artists do similar things to me and I was and they were like blow up or they would get this deal and I'm like, damn, it took them like maybe a month or seemed like a few weeks. But I just had to realize that I had my own path also, you know. Yeah, no, everyone's gonna have their own path, man. At the end of the day, no matter what path you choose, it's going to be worth it because you're putting the time and you're investing your investing your path. You have to stick with your path. You cannot people switch too often. You know, you can't you yep. can't get wishy washy. You can't do that because the moment you do that, you lost. Like you lost. And I always I always tell people that DM me this. Um, you can give up and quit if you want to. Just know this: music is hella saturated. There's the same. The, the the moment you quit, there's gonna be at least five or ten other artists or want to be artists that's gonna pop up and take your spot. So it doesn't really pay to quit, you know. All right, especially especially if you're only like a couple of years in, you're not, and you quit because you're not getting the attention. At the end of the day, there's different ways to get attention. You don't have to do it on social. You can literally network and have a uh, town like a town stuff. You can go in your own town and find ways to make right. it happen. Yep. You can do it on the ground. That's what I'm going to be trying to do next year also. Because um, I feel like that's more genuine. Um, but before you even do all that, you have to know who you're trying to who you're trying to peddle your music to. Right. Um, that's a, that's another big, your demographics, your target demographics. That's a really big thing. And I think I, I think I got mine, but I'm not really, I'm not really sure if I even have uh, mine yet. Uh, I make, I make different stuff. But once you do figure that out, you can just, Actually, like you said, you can hit the ground and go do a face-to-face thing. Because the, the internet, the internet isn't even for everybody. Honestly, it's not for everybody. Um, or I was, I would say this: like, not everybody will have the same success using the internet. So, right, it, it, it varies, right? But you know what? That's different courses, as you said. It may not be for everybody, but there might be something that they have that you lack, or you lack that they have. That's right, what exactly. makes the world go round. Yeah, right. So cool, man. Oh, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna we're gonna definitely start wrapping it up here. But uh, so in a couple of years, what do you expect to do with your music? What are some things you uh, plan on doing to make it happen? Next couple of years, man. In the next couple of years, I expect to have signed that deal to start making some decent money. I'm gonna just give you the whole list because I got a list in my head. Go Kinda for like it. New Year's resolu- resolution, but not really because nobody really follows those. Yeah. <laughs> but I want I want to be able to make. I want to be able to make a hundred thousand dollars from music. That's one of my biggest goals. I remember in high school, um, our counselors and stuff would tell us, "Man, you need to go to college so that you can get a job that pays a hundred thousand dollars." That was like the the goal or whatever. I want to be able to do that for music, and I know that there's a lot of people that are doing that and a lot more. But I want to be able to do that within the next two years. I also want to uh, be able to headline my own tour uh, in the next two years. That's another goal of mine to be able to headline my own tour. I also want to be able to put somebody in a position that I am in also in the next two years. Because I believe when people get successful and you don't help anybody out, it's like, what's the point of even having that success? You can't reach down a ladder and pull somebody else up with you. It's kind of pointless. Um, I want to be able to do that. You know, I want to be able to, I want to be able to help change somebody's life that is serious about music, as serious as I am, uh, and do that for them. Uh, also, another thing, I want to have a gold single. I want to go to a platinum single. That's a, that's another thing I really want. Um, in the next two years, 
And then after that, I mean, that's just about it. I want to, I want to stay consistent. I want to stay consistent. I want to be at a higher level and keep that level. And then hopefully, I want to, I want to collab with a few artists also. I'm not sure if that's gonna be possible, but that's always like a big dream of mine. There's a few artists that I've always wanted to collaborate with. Those are some great goals, man. And I think they're all achievable, right? Because at the end of the day, the way the way I've heard from your focus on the interview, the way you've been keeping at it despite the hard times and pushing, uh, you made a you made a lasting impact. But actually, one more thing before we go, um, you want to talk a little bit about your grandma and how as she's influenced you before we go? Right. Yes. Well, it was there were some positive ways and some negative ways, you know. Yeah, um, absolutely. My grandmother, she took care of us by herself and. That, and also for any single mother, that takes a, a whole different type of strength to have. And that takes a different type of perseverance. A lot of people don't really understand that unless you go through it or able to see, to see that single mother go through what they go through. But that takes a lot of strength. And I saw that growing up. For her, she actually sac- and sacrificed. That's another thing I got from her. My grandmother had a great job in Georgia. She was a teacher. She had one teacher of the year in Georgia, actually. In the state there of Georgia, she went. One teacher of the year in uh, at Cobb County at Green Acres Elementary. My grandmother was a science teacher, you know, and she had been teaching for 20 years. But when my uh, little brother came, uh, my mom wasn't in a position to take care of us. My grandmother made that sacrifice and took us and moved us to Louisiana to take care of all me, my brother, and sister, and to take care of our great-grandmother who had Alzheimer's. So she sacrificed everything she had, took everything she had, her friends, uprooted her life and moved to a whole nother place. Because now that I'm older, I realize it affected me, but I'm more than sure it affected her even more. And that also has helped me in life and with music. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of sacrifices that are to be made. Um, I have to sacrifice a lot of time with my kids. I have to sacrifice a lot of time with my, my wife. And that sometimes it's hard, but I just, you know, tell myself that it's all for, it's all for a better means. You know, it's all for a means to an end. To be able to take care of us on a different level, you know. And that's another thing about social media. You can see other people. You have to use it the right way, man. Like, I see other people that do what I do and are able to take care of their loved ones, their loved ones on a different level financially. And I just look at it and be like, tell myself that that is a goal that is attainable for me. I can do that, you know what I'm saying? That's my biggest thing. It's better give us a different life, give us a different lifestyle because, my family and my wife, they do more. They go above and beyond for me, and I want to be able to do that for them. Like, in return, you know, financially, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to get my grandma there and move her back to Georgia because she hasn't We've never gone back, ever. We've never gone back since we've been here in 08. I know she missed it, misses it. You know, I want to be able to be able to say, go pop up to her house and be like, hey, here's these keys to your house in Georgia, you know. I want to be able to do that, those type of things. And I know... That this is a this is a means and a way to be able to do that, you know. And for anybody else listening to this out here, there's also other ways to do a lot of things, you know. I don't want to just make music. Um, I was going to college and I stopped. I went to the army. I can go back to college for free now. I want to go there and I also wanted to do acting. So whenever I feel like the music is up for me, you know, I want to also get it. Try to get into acting. There's there's more than one route for your future, you know. There's more. Than, you can do multiple things. You can do anything really. I know it's really cliche because <laughs> I tell my daughters that almost every day. Like, you really can't do anything. I want to be an example for them to be able to say, like, man, my dad had a dream to be a musician and he did it. My dad wanted to be an actor. He went ahead and did it. I also love football. I want to I want to coach football. Um, 
I want to be trying to be able to do that and be like, you know, my dad did all of these things before he passed away. He did all those things and accomplished something. You know, any I feel like anybody can do that. It takes a lot of time, um, a lot of sacrifices, man. I've had to sacrifice some friendship. I mean, I'm sure you understand how that goes. I mean, your podcast will probably get bigger and bigger, and you will have to sacrifice time for some things also as well. You know, it's just yeah, the way that, you know, it's the way that life goes sometimes. And I want to tell anybody that's listening that you don't, have to feel down, you don't have to feel like giving up, you know, the best route to do is to just take a break, calm yourself, and find your serenity, that's what my album is about, my album is about, is about serenity, finding serenity and, and peace in things or people, find your serenity, pick your head up, and then just keep going and power through, because that's the only way you're going to ever achieve your goal, if you quit, like I said, if you quit, somebody else is just going to come right and take your spot, man, that's all it is. Yeah, that that was that was humble. That that was that was a definitely a humble message to end the show, right? At the end of the day, no matter what you do, you, you know you're gonna get those people who say, "Oh, well, this person, that person, they're gonna point the finger." But that's just motivation, like you said at the top of the show, right? right? It's that's, just gonna be. That's motiv- the biggest thing. That is, man, that is the biggest thing I want anybody listening to this to see to hear because social media is only we are. We both know that social media is gonna get bigger, and Absolutely. sometimes for some people it is depressing to see somebody spend whatever money on this and that and do that. That's the thing. It's social media. People are only going to post the positive things in their lives. You have to learn how to take a step back, calm your mind, and use that as motivation. And it is not easy because, like I said, I've seen – matter of fact, I've seen – I'm going to be honest with you, man. R&B is kind of dying out, and that kind of scares me a little bit. That's why I do an alternative R&B type of thing and try to do other things. But I've mm-hmm. seen other R&B artists uh, buying mansions, buying cribs for their – their moms and their dads and stuff like that, buying cars and, you know what I'm saying, living a different lifestyle. But I used to look at that and be sad and be like, damn, I'm so far away from that. I'm so far away from that. But then I realized they probably saw somebody else doing the same shit and felt the same way I did and probably thought I'm so far away from that. Now look where they are. You have to literally tell yourself that. You have to. I, I, I talk to myself out loud sometimes when I'm speaking about stuff like that. I tell myself, man, Dewan, I'm looking at this stuff. And it's real. I see that. I see that they have it, and I know that that is possible for me. Because if they did it, right. another cliche. Another cliche. If they did it, then I know I can do it too. And you just have to always tell yourself that. Um, one more thing before we go. Me and my friend yeah. Alexandria. Me and my friend Alexandria are going to be soon starting a YouTube talk show called Naked Truth. And that's another thing. See, that's like from the music thing. You can do so many things, man. You can do so many things once you get eyes on you, and once you get um, trying to get try to grow a fan base. We're starting a YouTube talk show um, speaking about truths that don't get covered in the news or certain things that don't get as much exposure as they should. Um, and we're going to be filming that this weekend and putting that on our YouTube channel. So for anybody listening, um, Naked Truth, we can probably even do some partnership with that at some point down the road. But we're going to be getting getting that. It's, it's a, we're basically creating a platform where opinions are welcome and opinions are valued. So... Well, that that's awesome, man. You, this has definitely been one of the most uh, humbled episodes we've done in a while here on the UP, man. Just appreciate right. you taking your time, man, just from the roots of uh, your grandma, your story about how you met your wife, um, your first single, how you got into the music game. It definitely all ties together, and it, it sounds like you got a lot of things going for you, man. Definitely looking forward to hearing your uh, Skylar Dickens in full, some of your Calypso and all that. Let, let me know, man. We definitely got your support here at the UP. We appreciate you. Thank you, man. Thank you. Facing My Demons mixtape is on the way. We'll be out on all platforms. And also, Serenity Notes, I am guarantee you, is going to be one of the biggest albums 
next year because I'm putting my all into it. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to be a major album. You know, I want to have music videos with it. I want to have a lot of visuals. I want it to be a really conceptual, um, as conceptual as, as possible. So, man, oh. thank you for having me. Yeah, one more thing. Yeah. But you want to plug? You want to plug your uh, stuff so people can find you, so they can reach out. Say that again. So uh, people can plug your Instagram and all the media, so they can reach out anytime. Just so, so you, they can reach out to you. Right, right. So my Instagram is at official young Cole. Official young Cole. Also on YouTube, Spotify, all the streaming services. Young Cole, capital Y, capital C. Young Cole. Um, you can go ahead and find me there. Follow me. I I am going to be more active on my social media. I've been kind of lacking in that while I've been creating, and that's another thing. Balancing all this stuff is really is really difficult, you know. It really is. But um, yeah. Serenity Notes coming soon. Um, Naked Truth talk show coming this weekend. Again, thank you for having me on the show. It was really great to be able to talk to you about all of these things. I look forward to, you know, doing it again sometime and seeing your channel grow. Yeah, man, absolutely glad to give you the opportunity. Thanks to everyone at the UP, you guys, for listening. Appreciate you. And Young Cole, man, it's been a pleasure. Young Cole out. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on the United Podcast Experience. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe so that way you can stay up to date with all of our guests. Check the description for all the links pertaining to everything discussed today. And if you want to be promoted or know somebody who should be, reach out to us at the United Promotion on Instagram. Be sure to follow us there as well to stay up to date with all of our guests.